Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome to the Great Bar Sports Open Line. Those big swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Great Bar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. Here we go. Now, Matt Pauley on America's Sports Voice. KMOX. All right, man, let's get going here. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Let's go. We have arrived to Friday. Welcome into a Gray Bar Sports Open Line on KMOX. My name is Matt Pauley, and uh, we've got you till 8 o'clock this evening. Busy night tonight. Uh, we've got week three of the Rachel Zimmerman Show this evening at uh, 9 o'clock. We'll get uh, the takeout in between that, but a busy evening here on KMOX, as is generally the case, and a busy next couple hours as we take you through a Gray Bar Sports Open Line. Uh, we'll talk some blues hockey throughout the course of the program. That was a bad performance last night. That was that was really bad, and you know, I, one of the good things about sports that are not football, where you play so few games, in, in baseball and in basketball and in hockey, you can have a bad outing, and it really doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. That being said, this is a Blues team that is looking to, I think, prove who they, not, not even who they are, but who they can be this year, and you felt kind of good about where they were at through the first couple games. They got a point in each of those games, a shootout loss, a shootout win. Uh, you've got Arizona coming to town. Arizona's not a fantastic team and just a bad effort. Not efforts, the wrong word. In fact, we're going to talk about that a little bit later on uh, in the program. I, I remember interviewing a coach once and I, I hear myself say this because sometimes like we in the sports media, We'll, um, we'll, we'll use the term effort as a way to talk about performance. And the dictionary definition of effort is not about the performance. If, if I'm going to go run a 40-yard dash, I'm a big dude. I can put as much effort into it as I possibly can, and it's not going to be good. It's not going to be fast because I'm not a fast person. Um, so effort is the wrong word when talking about the Blues last night. Was it an effort issue? Was it a scheme issue? Was it a uh, execution issue? It was probably an execution issue more than anything else. But yeah, I remember I was doing a, a pregame interview with a basketball coach once, and I used the word effort basically as in execution. Uh, they were coming off a game where they didn't play well, and I said, well, that wasn't a great effort, and the coach called me out on it right there as he should have and said, no, the, the effort was fine. It was the execution. So last night, probably not an effort issue, but an execution issue. When it comes to the game against the Coyotes, and we're going to get into that uh, a lot during the course 
of the program today. We'll talk some football in just a few moments. Uh, Mike Tanier is going to uh, join us. We always love talking to him about uh, the state of the NFL last night. I thought it was an interesting game. We had it here on KMOX. Like, Jacksonville's a good team. They're not a great team. New Orleans is probably a, a slightly above average team, but you know, they're, they're not bad. I don't know really how good they are. And, and you, you never really know what you're going to get out of these Thursday night games where there's not a whole lot of prep work that goes into them beforehand. There's a whole lot of, you know, walkthroughs and, and things like that. So, uh, but yeah, some interesting games coming up this weekend. Craig Mish is going to join us this hour. When it comes to the Miami Marlins, nobody is more connected in the media than Craig Mish. And it's been an interesting week for the Marlins because of uh, the decision by, uh, by Kimming to j- just move on. And uh, we're going to get into that coming up uh, later on in the program. Uh, Brian Dunseth will join us next hour. He's part of the team at uh, MLS Season Pass on Apple TV. We'll preview what's going on with uh, City SC, and we'll do much the same with uh, Nate Gatter next hour. We'll also talk a little Missouri athletics with Nate Gatter. So a lot to get to. And uh, we'll hear from Rachel Zimmerman at the end of the program to preview what's going to be coming up on the Rachel Zimmerman Show. Just an update on the baseball playoffs right now the Texas Rangers lead the Houston Astros by a 4-2 score so uh this has been a back and forth game the Astros struck first with a Bregman home run in the first inning took a one nothing lead it stayed that way until the 5th when uh Texas answered with a run of their own that made it 1-1 the Astros answered right back in the 6th inning took a 2-1 lead and then Adolis Garcia just a few moments ago hit a 396 foot home run it was a 3-run shot and that turned a 2-1 deficit into a 4-2 lead for the Rangers I've talked about it a lot clearly this year has not exactly been my year in terms of getting things right about baseball I've been off on just about everything I thought the winner of last night's game between the Astros and Rangers are going to win this series with it being a 2-1 series and only one more game in Arlington, the one that's going on right now. I thought if Texas won yesterday's game, all of a sudden they have to win just one more after that in, in the final three, thought they would do that. But I also thought that if Houston won yesterday, all of a sudden, it's a 2-2 series with two of the last three being played in Houston, where admittedly, the Astros have not played great. Uh, but with it being a 2-2 series, if the Rangers win this one today, all of a sudden, it's kind of that same situation again, where maybe I'm wrong about the, the, the statement about yesterday. It just felt like the Astros winning yesterday. They had all the momentum, but it's people like me talking on the radio about momentum and, and momentum in baseball doesn't really exist. It, at times it does, but at times teams just kind of get hot. And, you know, we, we maybe we want to call it momentum. It's not momentum. It's just teams getting hot. And that happens a lot during the course of 162 games. And if team might get hot in the playoffs, it's not so much about momentum carrying them. And, and that was the case with the Rangers up until the last two games. And then all of a sudden they just they, they did not play well the last two. And uh, that home run from, from Garcia, that's a – that's a big swing. That might be the biggest swing that a Texas Ranger has had so far in the playoffs. 
because they really haven't been challenged so far. And in a really, really key game for him to hit that home run, that's a, uh, that's a big moment for him. As always, if you'd like to uh, join us on the program, you can do so by calling and or texting 314-436-7900. That's 314-436-7900. You can also tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. We'll take a break, and when we uh, return, we are set to be joined by uh, Mike Tanier. We'll talk uh, NFL football with him, his thoughts on where things are at here uh, going into uh, what's another really compelling week worth of matchups as you get just about every single week in the NFL. We'll do that next. It's a Gray Bar Sports Open Line right here on KMOX. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Open line rolls on here on a Friday night. We're talking a little football, looking ahead to uh, the weekend. We're very happy to be able to go to the Quiver River Electric Guest Line and uh, welcome in one of our favorite people to be able to talk football with. He is uh, Mike Tanier. You follow him on Twitter at Mike, T-A-N-I-E-R. Mike, appreciate you taking some time with us today. How are you? I'm doing great, and I'm excited. A really good slate of games this week, which is Really meaningful after last week where they weren't so good. Yeah, it does look on paper to be a pretty good week. Let's start with what happened last night because you had a a pretty good Jaguars team against the Saints team that you feel like maybe should be a little better than their record indicates, and it's a Thursday (laughs) night game, and you never know what you're going to get on a Thursday. Jaguars get out to a big lead. Saints come back, and the Jaguars have enough at the end to, to be able to get the win. I still don't really know how to evaluate either of these teams. I don't feel like the Jaguars are as good as the 5-2 and two record is, and, and the Saints, I just don't know who they are. The Jaguars are 5-2 and two because, you know, they play in a division that's easy, that has a lot of rebuilding teams, so they don't have to be that good to amass a record like that. They're going to face a lot of opponents who are kind of second tier. 
the Saints have a very strong defense. They have a lot of big names on offense who I think are over the hill, kind of past their primes, including their quarterback, Derek Hill. Uh, Derek Carr, excuse me, and a lot of guys like Michael Thomas and Jimmy Graham, who wasn't even on the field late in that game. Uh, So, you know, I wasn't too surprised by what I saw last night, and especially the fact that it was a Thursday night game, so it was sloppy. You saw fumbles early. You saw saw guys smashing into the punt returners, all kind of goofy stuff like that that reminds you that Thursday night football is not the best product in the world, and you might not see either of the teams at their best. There was uh, there was some social media stuff that went a little bit viral after that game, talking about the Saints and what their salary cap position is for next year, and it's a really really ugly spot for them to be in. It it feels like they're still kind of trying to hold on from the from like the Drew Brees era, and they haven't at any point just said, okay, we got to tear this thing down to build it up again. At some point, are they going to have to do that? Uh, maybe, maybe not. It's been like three years now. It's been four years. And, you know, Drew Brees was in the stands or up in the luxury box, and you know, his son looks like he's ready to go play. That's how old Drew Brees is at this point sitting next to him. But every year their cap situation is terrible, and every year they solve the problem by moving the terrible cap situation to the next year. That's what they've been doing since, I guess, 2020 or so. And a little at a little, they kind of dig out of it. But the thing is, these years pass, and the team goes, you know, seven and nine, or eight and nine, or seven and ten, and they're not very good. And the guys get older, and you wonder how long they can keep this up. Because I mentioned, you know, Michael Thomas is not getting any younger. They brought Jimmy Graham back. Alvin Kamara, he, you know, he's not young by running back years by the uh, stretch of the imagination. Cam Jordan is in his mid to late thirties. Demario Davis is in his mid to late thirties, and these guys are under contract for another year or two. So. You know, they can do this. They can go out and, like, lose close games and, you know, beat the Falcons or the Panthers or whatever. But it's not getting any better. And at some point they have to wonder, are we really past, way past the point of diminishing returns? Well, and generally speaking, this can apply to the Saints, but it can apply to the NFL in general. You get sucked in by the fact that the salary cap's going to go up every year, so you can do exactly what you just did, and it can get marginally better on a year-by-year basis as you play out that whole salary cap thing. But at some point, if you really want to make a legit turnaround and turn very good again, it feels like the teams that do that are the ones that just kind of rip the Band-Aid and have a really bad year because of it. Yeah, or you say, what are we spending our money on? Okay, well, we're spending our money on – you know, Joe Barrow or spending it on, on Patrick Mahomes, for example. And, okay, that makes sense. And you go up against the cap and maybe you've got to get rid of a guy. When you start saying we're paying for a guy who was the offensive player of the year in 2018, <laughs> when, yeah. when you're doing that, you say, well, this is clearly not the answer. And whether you say blow it up and rebuild or just say, yeah, we're going to cut some of these guys and we're going to try and rebuild on the fly, you can't keep doing that. And if you really look at it, that that's what the – the the uh, the Saints have been doing, and and you look at all of their stars. You said, I remember when he had his last All Pro year. That was 2019. That was 2020. It was 2023. I don't understand why they continue to do this. I feel I look at the schedule of games this week, and I feel like it's a bunch of matchups between teams that. They might be good or it might be fool's gold. Uh, Browns and Colts is a, is a good example. I think Falcons and Buccaneers are uh, an example. Yeah. I believe in the Lions, but Lions and Ravens to a certain extent, Steelers and Rams fo- probably falling under th- that category. Is this one of those weeks where when, when we get done, we're going to have a better idea of who actually the good teams are in the NFL? I, I hope so. But I think what we'll, just, we'll get is just a bunch of, 
four and three teams <laughs> that we still have questions about because you, you mentioned those and there are some teams like the commanders are playing the giants well the commanders could go four and three what do we know about them nothing yeah. nothing from that game uh, the packers are playing the broncos the same thing i wouldn't put the lions ravens in that category i believe the lions really are one of the top three teams in the nfc like along right there with the Eagles and with the 49ers. And the Ravens are a strong team, although they get into their own way a lot. But you're right. Uh, you know, I don't know Steelers-Rams, how that's going to go. Falcons-Buccaneers, I don't know if that tells us anything about those teams, those four teams, except, yeah, they're fine. Yeah, maybe they're going to make the playoffs because, you know, teams make the playoffs at 9-8. and eight, But I don't know if they can get any separation from the games they're playing on Sunday. How did the Lions get to this point? Because when, when, when they – when they go out and hire Dan Campbell and he's talking about eating people's ankles and everything, you're, you're thinking this is just going to be another coach in Detroit that's going to last a year and a half to two years and be out of there. Now, it's a lot more than coaching. Obviously, there's some good football decisions being made above yeah. his head, but it's I don't think we're spending enough time talking about how quickly one of the all-time bad organizations in the NFL has turned into a really, really good team. Right, and they've done it through like the infrastructure of the draft. Uh, you, you know, and by developing guys who are on the roster. And I think, you know, while Dan Campbell was out there talking about ripping people's ankles off or whatever he was saying, Brad Holmes, the general manager, was carefully managing the cap, bringing guys in, you know, bringing Jared Goff in at a reasonable salary. So you have this mid-tier quarterback, but you're only paying him a mid-tier price. So it's like a reasonable uh, bargain to bring him in like that. And he's drafting guys like Aiden Hutchinson and all these other young defenders and young offensive linemen like Penae Sewell, et cetera. And the assistant coaches under Dan Campbell were given the opportunity. Giants, uh, Johnson, the coordinator, Glenn, the defensive coordinator, were given the opportunity to run their schemes and do their thing rather than you know form-fitting it to what Dan Campbell wanted. So Campbell can go out there and give the speeches and be the motivator and be the figurehead, and he delegates the authority or he surrenders the authority to the people around him. They make good decisions, and you create an organization as a really strong infrastructure, and now you're seeing the dividends of it. There's something to be said about leadership in there because great leaders yeah. look at what they have, and they don't try to you know, put the, the, the proverbial you know, square in the circle hole. They take, whether it's assistant coaches or whether it's personnel, they look at their strengths and just let, let, let that play out. They look at their strengths and let it play out, and they let the people they hire do their jobs rather than looking over their shoulder and saying, you have to run my scheme, you have to run my scheme. And, uh, and you're seeing a lot of that. And I think players do respond to Camden. You know, we chuckle about it. Uh, but, you know, when he's behind closed doors and he talks to these guys, he can speak their language. You know, they, they get some of the tough guy stuff as a little bit of a joke. But, like, you know, he's a little bit of a player's coach. He's not one of these, you know, drill sergeant, my way or the highway type of guys. But at the same time, he says – the good expectations. I think they recognize he was a player for many, many years, worked his way up through the ranks as a low-level assistant, and he brings a lot of that to the table when he comes out there and he deals with these young men. Who's the second-best team in the NFC North? Oh, my gosh. You hit me on the blind side. Oh, oh <laughs> NFC North, it's the Packers. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the Vikings Packers, are Vi- Packers are Vikings, basically. Oh, the Vikings are a mess. I mean, the Vikings without Justin Jefferson, they barely beat the Bears last week, and the Bears and Justin Fields got knocked out at halftime. It's the Packers. They're a young team. They're a mistake-prone team. They're going to swerve all over the road in the next season. I, I, I don't have a great feel for Jordan Love, but if you look at how young their roster is, there's a lot of talent there that I think is going to come together and prove that it's at least better than what the Vikings and Bears are putting on the on the field right now. This I. I don't get excited about games in the regular season that often, but this Sunday night game, not only is it two really good teams in the Dolphins and Eagles, 
it's it's two really well run organizations. At least just you, you look at the way those teams are, are doing things. The the Dolphins offensively, the Eagles uh, are as forward thinking of an organization as exists in the NFL. And it seems like the future of the NFL is playing on Sunday night this week. You would think that, absolutely. And you look at the way the Dolphins are doing things on offense, and they're demonstrating what you can do. First of all, if you're innovative, and second of all, if you just get out there and grab a lot of speed and let your fast guys go out there and create, and you get a guy like Tua and you don't listen to the, the conversation around them, but you just give them the opportunity to succeed, and you, and you go out there and you get dividends. I think the Eagles can say a lot of the same things about Jalen Hurts, a second-round pick who was supposed to be just a scrambler, etc. So I'm excited for it too. I'm based here in Philadelphia. Philadelphia is going gaga for several reasons in the sports world right now. Um, but uh, you know, in terms of this particular game, I, I just pulled up to get an update on the um, uh, Eagles uh, um, injury report. And it's not good right now. Uh, Darius Slay, the cornerback is on the injury report. Bradley Roby is out. The other one of the other cornerbacks and two of the backup cornerbacks are also on the injury report. And remember, they're facing Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle this week. So as excited as I am for the game, with all those injuries in the secondary, it might be a really tough matchup for the Philadelphia Eagles. Let me finish you off with this. So we, we go back a few years, and Sean McVay was the hottest thing in the NFL, and every other team in the NFL that had a coaching opening was trying to find the next Sean McVay. Right now, Mike McDaniel is that guy. Are there other individuals in the NFL who are going to be up for head coaching jobs this offseason that can be viewed as the next Mike McDaniel? Well, I would look at the coaching family right now. McDaniel was a 49ers assistant. The Texans are doing great. D'Amico Ryans Mm -hmm. was a 49ers assistant. We are all surprised by how the Jets have handled things without Aaron Rodgers. Robert Saleh was a 49ers assistant. So, you you know, even if you don't know the names or what's going on, you figure in the copycat league, teams are going to go and look at the guys coming through uh, Kyle Shanahan's system there. And one of them is Steve Wilkes, who I think was up for, you know, consideration last year of getting another head coaching gig. He was doing very well with the Panthers. There were not a lot of nibbles there. He goes and he's getting his, uh, his reputation rehabilitated for the 49ers. I'd love to see him get another chance. Another guy in that coaching staff is Clint Kubiak. The last name should be familiar. Mm-hmm. A lot of people around the league are familiar with the Kubiak family uh, that uh, you know had a lot of success. Uh, he's somebody who I think will get a look as teams try to get the kind of success that the 49ers and their assistants have had. Mike Denier joining us. Uh, you can read him uh, at themessenger.com. He's also part of the team that puts together uh, the FTN Almanac, which is just a fantastic resource. And uh, if you're looking for a little extra edge here at the end of uh, or midway through your fantasy season, that still certainly ha- has some value. What's the best way for people to get uh, connected with the content that you're pushing out? Well, you can check out The Messenger and you can bookmark it. It is free. It's your source for not just news, but sports, business, politics, tech, entertainment. All the things you would find in a newspaper is at The Messenger, and it's free. You just bookmark it. Or you can follow me on Threads. You can follow me on Blue Sky. You can follow me on the artist formerly known as Twitter, at Mike Tanier. Awesome. Mike, thank you so much for the time. Have a great uh, weekend watching football, and uh, we'll catch up again real soon. You got to take care and enjoy your weekend. Awesome. Very good. There's Mike Tanier joining us on the program, and we appreciate him taking a few moments. All right, we're going to switch gears. We'll talk baseball. It was a uh, it was a weird week for the Miami Marlins. We're going to get all the details on that. Craig Mish is set to join us in just a few moments. Don't go anywhere. It's a great bar. Sports Open Line on KMOX. After the end of a good fight, 
You deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is the Grimmar Sports Open Line. Goes bit swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Back at it on a Friday night. It was certainly an interesting week for the Miami Marlins. We learned earlier in the week that the decision was made by general manager uh, Kim Ng to leave the team. Uh, the reports out there were that the team wanted to hire a president of baseball operations, uh, that there was some uh, disconnect between her and uh, ownership with the Marlins. And I'm not one to speak on that. I'm not there. But the person who knows more about the Marlins than just about anybody out there is uh, Craig Mish. He joins us uh, right now. Uh, you see him on uh, Sports Grid. Uh, you read him as well uh, in the Miami Herald. He joins us right now. Craig, Thank you so much for taking some time with us today. How are you? Uh, I'm great, Matt. Thanks for having me. How are you? I'm good. Has the uh, and look, I, I I was somewhat hard on the Marlins when I first saw the way this story was being reported. Uh, has and I think my take has been somewhat identical to what the national media take has been. Have we gotten it right or have we gotten it wrong in how we've assessed the situation? No, I mean, look, I, I think some of the facts are right. I, I think some of the facts are wrong. Um, you know, so certainly I understand how there's this sort of groundswell and, and honestly like this nuclear bomb just thrown on the decision. So really, as somebody on the outside looking in, I can understand you and most people just reacting to that and seeing that. But, you know, naturally I feel pretty educated on the subject given that I've lived in South Florida since 1979 and I've you know been around the team since they started in 93. But it's a very complicated situation to to say the least what i would say is yes you know in terms of the the meeting that kim had with the owner of the miami marlins there's no question that that the two sides thought two different things were going to happen going into that meeting very clearly because kim ended up leaving after not getting an extension and then finding out that also she was going to have a new boss so I think that part of it is fine. You know, the part of it that there's just been so many side stories to this about people getting fired and, you know, you know wanting to do this and that. Like, I, I think there's a lot of nonsense that's been reported that is definitely coming from sources inside the organization and even outside the organization. And so as a journalist, you have to report that. I, I totally understand that. I just think there's a lot of falsehoods involved in that, too. Should have Kim been given the basically the president of baseball operations opportunity? I mean, look, it's it, Matt. It's, I mean, if you're asking me my opinion or what is fact, fact is she wasn't offered it. My opinion is, is I, I think she did a great job as general manager, and I don't think there's any question that she could continue on and do that. And in fact, I'm surprised that she didn't. But that's really not my decision to make. Like, it's it's I, I'm I, I can't make the decision based on some of the things 
that she did in terms of hiring some of the staff that she did and firing some of the staff that she did. So I don't know that I'm really the one that should be qualified to answer that question. But what I would say is I'm disappointed and I'm surprised that she decided that she didn't want to continue on. I understand her point of view. Uh, There were only 30 of these jobs, and essentially she chose, at least for the time being, not to have one of them. And I can't blame her. She felt insulted. Matt, I'm sure in in your career as a journalist and my career as a journalist and a broadcaster, we felt insulted at some point, and we thought that our value was worth more than it was. At the end, you have to make the decision that's right for you and your family, and Kim chose in this spot to leave. Uh, We get stuck on titles, and in baseball – just because you have a title doesn't always mean you have the same responsibilities. In St. Louis, John Mosellock is the president of baseball operations. He runs the baseball operation, but he clearly runs the 40-man roster, the 26-man roster, all those things. I-, I saw one of your, I think it was a Sports Grid video on your Twitter, where you essentially said that even if they would have brought in a president of baseball operations, Kim still would have been running the 40-man roster and, and the active roster. So that... To me, that's a little bit different because a lot of people view the president of baseball operations as running it all, where it sounds like, is it correct to say that she still would have had a significant amount of authority if she would have stayed on as GM? Yeah, I think that's fair. It's also fair on the outside or even in the inside of baseball to say that's a little bit sticky given the fact that she's going to have a boss, and I understand that notion. But my understanding is that was made perfectly clear, that whoever is coming in, essentially no one is going to know that squad better than Kim, and Kim would still have the authority to make all the proper moves and all the moves that needed to be made. And if there was a difference of opinion between Kim and the president, or this new president, hypothetical president that's coming in, or whatever the title would be, neither of them would be the determining factor. It would go up to the owner, and then he would make the decision on the final call. So, yes, she still would have had the the authority on on virtually doing everything as it pertained specifically to the major league roster this is more of an issue of hey we're going to go ahead and make things better in a lot of other areas in the organization and they decided that they wanted to bring in somebody else to make those decisions are the marlins unhappy with where they're at from a, a scouting standpoint a player development standpoint because it feels like the person they wanted to bring in if if they're not overtly in charge of the major league roster those are the areas of the organization that they would be brought in to oversee yeah, Matt, they, today they dismissed their their uh, director of amateur scouting in DJ Svillick. So I had a great relationship with DJ. I actually thought, and I do actually think, he's, he's getting a little bit of a raw deal here just because we really don't know how good the players that he drafted could have potentially been. In terms of track record, it speaks for itself. There are no players, Matt, in the opening day roster that were drafted or even internationally by the Marlins. Think about that for a second. None, zero, all traded players or players signed through free agency. And that's not the way that the Marlins are going to operate. It's not the way the Rays operate or the Guardians or the Brewers. You have to have significant player development within your system that you can draft and find through international free agency. Inevitably, these position players need to play for the roster. So, yes, that's definitely an area of concern, and it's an area that they want to fix. And, 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 and And I think that's, the main goal of this is to try was Kim. How involved was Kim in those areas? She was very involved in the draft this past year, but not as much in previous years and internationally. I don't, I don't think she had a a ton of involvement in it. We're talking with uh, Craig Mish. Who's again, if you, if you want to know about the Marlins, this is the guy to talk to. 
the Marlins do wacky things. They, 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 there always seems to be odd things going on with this organization. It felt like things had maybe stabilized a little bit in the last year or so, but then this comes. Do, are, are they self-aware on that? Do they care about that? I mean, where, where does that play out in, in this entire situation? Yeah, I, I definitely think that through the years there, there have been some crazy things that have happened, and, and I think that's a fair assessment. But I, I personally, Matt, don't think that this is very much different than any other organization in baseball. And I, I think that in the end, owners and people who are in charge certainly have the right to put whoever they want in charge under them. And you guys saw it in St. Louis a couple of years ago. Did anyone think that Mike Schilt was going to be let go as manager of the Cardinals after that season? Did anyone think that James Click would not be the general manager of the Houston Astros after they won the World Series? Did anyone think that Tony La Russa, one of the best managers of all time, would just come out of retirement and manage the Chicago White Sox? These, these people who are in charge have the right to do what they want. Sometimes the optics are good. Sometimes they're bad. With the Marlins in this case, clearly the optics are bad. There's no way to get around that. But the end result sometimes is really what we have to wait for. And in this case, the end result will be how do the Marlins rebound? Do they hire somebody in the proper manner that can continue what they built on the success last year? And does Kim pursue or continue on as a general manager or a president somewhere of baseball operations? So the end result, particularly of this one, I don't think that we could tell. But I would tell you that the likelihood of the Marlins hiring their general manager to be the manager, which they did in the past, Matt, yes. I, I, would, I would say that some wacky things did happen in the past. I don't see that happening again. Last thing for you, just changing gears very quickly. Uh, there's been a fair amount of coverage here in St. Louis of the delays in the uh, spring training complex in Jupiter, and obviously the Cardinals and Marlins are very much yoked together in that and, and working on that together, and we thought that there was going to be a groundbreaking at the end of spring training this year, and the, that didn't happen, and it doesn't sound like it's going to look all that different once we get to uh, Jupiter this uh, this upcoming winter. What are you hearing on that? Are they, are they going to get this thing started at some point? Yeah, it's really funny that you say that because I've heard the same thing, that they they started to redo everything and then had to put it all back together. Like they went through, they, they got through some, some red tape, I guess, which is, I guess is what you would call it. So they tore some things down and then they rebuilt them to just where they were last year. So you're right. So spring training is going to look identical to it was the, the year before. I, I'm not sure how the clubhouses are going to be. I think they still may be redoing the clubhouses, so I don't know that that will affect the fan experience at all. But they do want to create like a berm in the outfield and have Roger Dean in a way where you can walk all, right, all the way around the stadium. But they got too late of a start on it, and so they bagged it. And my understanding is the second the spring training season is over, that's when they're going to start the project. So the Jupiter Hammerheads, and the Palm Beach Cardinals are both going to be playing in the ballpark of the Palm Beaches for their seasons next spring. He is uh, Craig Mish. We really appreciate you taking some time. I know it's been a very busy week for you. Uh, appreciate your insight on this, and uh, look forward to catching up with you again real soon. Sure. Thanks for having me, Matt. You bet. There's Craig Mish joining us on uh, the program. Uh, you follow him on Twitter, uh, at Craig Mish, and uh, you view him on uh, SportsGrid. Does a great job uh, with that, uh, but uh, covers the Marlins for the Miami Herald and then does his national work for uh, SportsGrid, uh, CraigMish.com, the website. We'll take a break, come back. Uh, some things happening in this baseball game. We'll give you uh, the details. Uh we just had a benches clearing situation. Umpires are speaking. We'll give you a quick update on uh, what's going on as we roll on with the Gray Bar Sports Open Line on KMOX. Back at it, 
here on a Gray Bar Sports Open Line. Almost done with hour number one. Hour number two, Brian Dunst is going to uh, join us. He's part of the team at uh, Apple TV and uh, MLS Season Pass. We'll talk City SC with him. Nate Gatter will join us next hour. We'll talk City with him as well as uh, we'll talk a little Missouri with him. Uh, we'll hear from Craig Berube. He spoke with the media earlier today after last night's just stinker of a game for the Blues. And uh, Rachel Zimmerman is going to uh, pop in towards the end of the hour as well. And we'll get a preview of what's coming up on tonight's edition of the Rachel Zimmerman Show. So it's always uh, challenging to be hosting a show and being totally locked in on what's going on in a big game as you're hosting the show. And as I was talking with uh, Craig Mish in our last segment, uh, business really began to pick up in this uh, Rangers-Astros game. So Jordan Alvarez, earlier in the game, hit a three-run home run. And uh, let's just say um, he let everybody know that he hit that home run when he hit it, which I've got no problem with. Like you you want to bat flip, you want to – it's the playoffs. It's a big, big, big moment. If you want to watch your home run for a second, go ahead. Um, but there were some clearly unhappy people in the Houston dugout with that. Alvarez, next time he uh, – excuse me, Garcia, next time he comes up to the plate, uh, he gets hit clearly intentionally. He knew he got hit. He looked back at the catcher. Martin Maldonado had words, kind of shoved Maldonado when that happened. The bench is cleared. People had to be um, restrained in a very, very big way uh, since then. So the pitcher, Brian Abreu, got uh, thrown out of a game. Garcia got thrown out of the game. Uh, and we saw, we're watching on TV, we saw Dusty Baker uh, get ejected as well. Yeah, he has now been, if it's officially, he's been ejected as well. He was all kinds of fired up. He threw his hat. He hasn't left the dugout yet. I, th- this is very entertaining. What's uh, what's going on? Kyle Six is in for uh, Matt Pajeski tonight. And yeah, this is, this year's playoffs, outside of the play that the Atlanta Braves made to end that one game, and then the Braves don't even win that series, we haven't really had like, a moment in these playoffs. And I feel like just this entire run, starting with the the home run and now this bases clearing incident, like if if Texas does go on to win this game, they're up four, two in the eighth, they go on to win the series. If they get to the world series, like this is going to be the thing that we remember out of, uh, out of the Rangers run. Yeah, this is a big moment, especially because it's a rivalry, you know, yeah. uh, two AL West teams. You got the Rangers and the Astros, just like the Phillies and Braves were rivals. Whenever rivals face off in the playoffs and a big moment happens, it's always just uh, a little bit more. These uh, these organizations legit don't like each other. I, you know, so much talk about like Cardinals, Cubs. We, 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 we want to see the Cubs lose. I get that. But there's the uh, the hatred that exists. It's not a me. It's more of a. It's a, a, a light hatred. It's a you can go there and kind of have fun and, and, and things like that. Even Yankees, Red Sox, like obviously the, the fans are really locked in on that. But I don't think as organizations, the Yankees and Red Sox hate each other. I think there's some respect there. The Astros and the Rangers from from the fans, from the organizations, from the people like these are two organizations that legitimately do not like each other. And they have not liked each other for a long time. 
No, they don't. And I was kind of surprised to see Jordan Alvarez hold back Adolis Garcia. Like they were getting close and uh, it just seemed like Adolis Garcia was going to try and fight anyone he yeah. could. Like he had to be held back. So it was kind of surprising to see Jordan kind of hold him back like that. And, and Dusty still going at it with the umpires. He has not left the dugout and he does not look like he is going to be leaving the dugout anytime soon. This is as fired up as I have seen Dusty. Like, I don't know what I don't know if this is Dusty Baker 2.0 or 3.0 or 4.0. Like I don't know what what version of Dusty this is, but I don't know if I've ever seen this version of Dusty this angry. Uh, you gotta I feel like you gotta go back to early on in his managerial days to see him the way he's acting right now. Like yeah. he he is the he's the <laughs> we're laughing. He just spit out as he was walking out. Like, I mean, he is, he is angry. He is so animated right now. Normally he's pretty calm and collected. He's got a toothpick in the dugout. He's chilling, but oh man, he is animated right now. What do you think his heart rate's at right now? Oh, it's through the roof. Are we above 200? Maybe. <laughs> I hope. I mean, that might be dangerous for yeah, him at I that age. Yeah, I think that's age. some danger level. Maybe 160. Are, are we talking I think about? at least 160? Good guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he is not happy. So he's out of the game. Here's the here's the thing on this, though. I, I get Adolis Garcia being upset. Your hit, it, it was kind of shoulder, uh, bicep area. So it wasn't up towards the head, but it also wasn't, uh, it wasn't in the hip. It wasn't in the butt. It wasn't anything like that. It wasn't a place where it's a little bit easier to take it. But if Houston comes back and like ties this game or takes the lead and Garcia's spot comes in the lineup, two on two out situation, you're down by one and he's out of this game. Like you just, you can't have that. If you're Adolis Garcia and I get, you've got the biggest hit of this game and I'm not trying to take a shot at him, but right now in Garcia's spot in the lineup, who do they have in there? They got Travis Jankowski in there. Like that's, you just, if you're the Rangers, you have to be very hopeful that the Astros don't come back in this game where Gar- because Garcia didn't have to do that. Garcia could have put his head down and taken his base. He could have even chirped a little bit. He could have looked back at Maldonado and been like, come on, man. And, you know, said your two, three seconds worth of something. Chirp a little bit as he walks down the first baseline. Look back at the Astro. Like, there's a lot. Of, you don't have to be totally quiet. You don't have to just put your head down and take your base. You can. You don't have to do that. But you don't have to start yelling. You don't have to shove Maldonado. You don't have to go crazy. Like, those are the things that get you kicked out of a game. And in all likelihood, the Rangers will win this game and they'll be fine. But it's not out of the realm of possibility that that could have a major impact in this game. Yeah, he's just too valuable to not uh, come up in a big spot if necessary. I completely agree. Um, There's definitely a little bit that he could have gotten away with, but uh, obviously just going after Maldonado and, you know, trying to provoke something. Obviously he was provoked and obviously it was intentional that he was thrown at, but still, uh, if a spot like that comes up, like you said, he's just too important to not take that at bat and to have Travis Jankowski take that at bat. That can't happen. (laughs) No, that's what it's going to be now. Uh, And if you haven't seen the video of Garcia's home run, I mean, he didn't destroy, it was one away off the bat. So I mean, he hit it hard. He barreled it up, but it's not like one of those one fifteen off the bats, 440 foot home runs. Uh, But man, did he, he let everybody know that he hit that home run as he made his way around the bases. You would have thought that uh, he just hit a walk off in game seven of the world series based off the way he reacted. So yeah, things are happening in this Houston, Texas game. We'll keep you updated as we go along up next, uh, Brian Dunseth, part of the team at uh, MLS season pass. He'll join us. We'll talk city SC with him coming up in just a moment. It's a gray bar sports open line on KMOX. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.